Welcome to Impact Duty. I'm your host, Manisha Dadlani Kriplani, bringing you empowering stories of friends and people I admire. Their voices have given me joy and the momentum to share their stories with you. A nutritionist and dietitian, Gayatri Chona believes health is about living healthy, feeling great, enjoying the food you love, and loving the energy you get from exercise. With a degree in dietetics and a master's in human nutrition, and over 12 years of experience, Gayatri has worked towards sharing her knowledge about the science of food and the importance of a sustainable, healthy lifestyle. Hi, Gayatri. Welcome to Impact Duty. How are you doing? Hi, Manisha. Very well. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Really excited and looking forward to this. Me too. Totally. How's it over there where you are right now? Weather-wise well, and otherwise? Weather-wise, it's beautiful. Cannot complain. Um, we are in Dubai right now. Dubai has been home for the last six months. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be home for another six more months till we go back to India, uh, Bombay. But uh, it's been great. Dubai has treated us really well in COVID times. So no complaints. Excellent. And Gayatri, I'm looking forward to our conversation today uh, because you've had a beautiful journey as a nutritionist. Um, A nutritionist with a different focus, focusing on the simple side of life. So I'm going to take you through your journey and ask you a little bit more about the concept of um, simple life. All right. So... I mean, the reason where Simple came from, honestly, is, I mean, I have been a nutritionist for around 15 years now. I Mm -hmm. studied it. um, I did it growing up. And I think I get that from my mom. Um, Mm -hmm. She was always um, into health and nutrition when we were growing up as kids. I always remember coming home from school and having a hotly prepared uh, snack for us, you know, which was always put on the table for my brother and me. There was a glass of freshly squeezed orange juice. Um, she would bake a cake for us. It, I all, so those are my memories growing up. Uh, right. For us, even travel was about, you know, choosing the right kind of foods, eating healthy. Uh, we've never really grown up with process. Luckily, back in the day when we were growing up, process wasn't so big. McDonald's, the whole McDonald's and the fast food concept was still just coming to India at that point, right? But mm-hmm. uh, for us at home, is this was food. Uh, we were always given everything we wanted to eat, but it was freshly made and quantities were always uh, in proportion. So mm-hmm. we've grown up with that. And when I, and I think for me today, I hold those values and I want to imbibe them and continue that with my kids. I have two boys, 11 and seven and a half. Oh, and I see the difference. And I see that how food impacts everything that we do, right? It's truly, we are what we eat and mm-hmm. it cannot be more true. And today what's happened is that we've complicated a simple thing, the simple act of eating and something as simple and necessary as food. Uh, There's too much information. Um, We've taken a simple food and fancied it up. We've broken food into carbs, proteins, fats, and a hundred other things, right? So now we don't look at a plate of uh, rice or uh, chapati or dal or anything or a burger as food. We mm-hmm. analyze it, we dissect it, and we break it into, oh, that's got carbs, or oh, that's got fat, or this has trans fats, and et cetera. So the idea of simple came from to bring back the simple joy of food, because that's what I've grown up with, and that's what food has always been for me. 
So when I was choosing uh, to study and, you know, take my uh, in, for further education, it was always between, uh, for my love was always a biology to understand the human anatomy, to get to know um, the human body better. So right. uh, for me, it was the toss up between nutrition and psychology. And uh, my, yes, so these were the two things I had kind of shortlisted to take forward. Uh-huh. And obviously nutrition is what kind of, you know, trumped. And I thought, let me go with this. Um, right. And as I said, my mom had a big role to play with in, in that uh, aspect. I studied uh-huh. it. I did my uh, dietetics in uh, nutrition in Bombay. And then I took it right. forward to do my master's in human nutrition in Sheffield in UK. Wow. That's incredible. But, you know, the irony is that that one year when I was in the UK studying nutrition, I probably had the most un- unhealthy eating habits. Because you're living a student life, right? You're living a student life, you're erratic eating patterns, you skip breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. And I came back after that one year uh, mm-hmm. with acne, put on weight and studying nutrition. So that was the, the weird part, right? You, you're studying something you to get healthy, but right. the student life and all of those things have not helped. And it's only when you put it into practice and when right. you start you know, doing things, you realize what things, what are the things you need to change. And it's the small habits and it's the simple changes that you mm-hmm. do every day, which have a bigger impact. Right. Right. Totally. And, and, and I think for me, that's where my journey began coming back, figuring. And I think today for, for the biggest thing for me is to first understand my body today. If I know mm-hmm. what I feel, what works for me, will I be able to help you or anybody else? Right. So right. understanding your own self is, is, is number one part of for anybody I mean not just as a nutritionist but for you as well uh, Mm -hmm. for anybody else and that's what I tell most of my clients that nobody knows your body better than you neither do I you have to help me figure you out you have to listen to yourself first to see this is working for me or this is not working for me I can tell you I can give you this gospel of diet that do this and don't do this and Uh all of this diet and here's the recipe but if it doesn't go for you, it doesn't work mm-hmm. for you, it doesn't go with your mind and body connection, it'll never work. And that's why most diets fail. Um, I have so many people, I call them the diet junkies who will hop, hop, <laughs> hop and come from all over and try this diet and that diet. And they, ha- they know it all, really. Like they right. intimidate me. I'm like, okay, I need to answer these questions. I need to know. But it's... It, you know, they are the ones who don't know their own selves because they're listening to so many people, mm-hmm. but not to their own body. Totally. And our body talks to us. It, it, tells, it tells us when we are tired, when we are cranky, when we are fatigued, uh, when we are happy, when we are hungry, mm-hmm. everything. It's just that we lose out on those signs and those little cues that our body tells us. Mm-hmm. And that's where the, the disconnect happens. And when the mind and the body is not connected is when we have illnesses, we have uh, deficiencies, we have diseases and all of it. So I think to understand that was where my journey started. I did my master's coming back. I started working. I I worked under a few nutritionists in Bombay, um, Mm -hmm. you know, because I think whatever knowledge you'll get from the book, when you Mm -hmm. only, it's only when you put it into practice, when you actually interact with people, is where the true uh, learning happens. Right. Yeah. I'm and learning from, and I, sorry, you, you were asking me. Uh, no, I was saying, and you do also have a family background in food in the sense that, um, if I'm not mistaken, you do have entities, restaurants and stuff. 
Yes, so I was coming to that then. So yes. I oh, got sorry. married <laughs> right after. And I moved to Ahmedabad. And that's ah. where my family uh, business was, my husband's family. And they're into restaurants and ice creams, complete uh, opposite of what, what I talk about. But again, I say, I don't think um, ice creams are bad or food is bad. Mm -hmm. The problem mm -hmm. is uh, the quantities is when we eat disproportionately, when we eat at bad timings, uh, when we eat poor quality is when right. the problem happens. Um, and I think that is, so that's where the journey began. I, I moved there. I said, I'm in the heart of Gujuland. I'm in Ahmedabad. Gujaratis are known to have really unhealthy eating habits. And I, and this is something I'm talking about 13 years back or 12, mm -hmm. sorry, 12, yeah, 12, 13 years back when I started my health center. Uh, at that time, uh, dietitians and nutritionists were not so popular. The whole idea right. of choosing healthy and eating healthy was still um, not really spoken about and not okay. there. And I said, you know what, let's just try doing this. I was this young 24 year old girl. Uh, who tried to uh, say, you know what, you can't do this and you need to eat healthier. And like people told me, you know, what's going to take you seriously? You know, um, you're this little girl, you look at you and I don't think people will want to come to you for advice. And maybe if you want to make yourself sound serious and, you know, uh, you should wear a sari at your health center. Don't wear a, <laughs> don't wear a dress or, a, you know, a shirt and a pant, wear a sari. Maybe then they'll take you seriously. And I was like, really? I don't think my clothes decide uh, matter in what I, you know, in terms of work, it's what right. I speak and mm -hmm. what I know is what mm -hmm. will, you know, uh, is, is what matters. So I said, right. you know what, I'm going to do this my way and I'm going to do it the way I need to do it. So no, sorry, I wore my blazers or I wore my shirt and pants or my dress or whatever I needed to wear. And I went and I started my health center. And uh, it was a beautiful journey. It was we. It, it was under the name of Valence, and Ooh. it uh, Latin for balance and healthy living. That's where it came from. And uh, I started that in two thousand and eight. Is right after six months into getting married is when I started it. And while I was doing that, I started. I took a course in Lamas. That is. Um, exercises and nutrition and care for preg during pregnancy and post. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I started taking Lamas classes for pregnant women. Uh, I did that till I had my first born, after ah. which, because it needed so much personal care and attention, it is something I just couldn't kind of take forward. So right. the diets continued, the care continued, but the exercises itself, um, I couldn't cope up with that. So, right. uh, they, but the health center was on. And I mean, Touchwood, I think the, the, the city was amazing. The people there gave me a fabulous response. They opened, you know, they welcomed me with open arms. I didn't feel I'm a little girl who needs to prove myself wearing a sari. But uh, yes, it was a beautiful journey. And Wonderful. I think my biggest learning was in those um, 10 years of practicing. But I think my passion uh, was always for food. I love uh, food. I love to travel and try different foods. Uh, I think both my husband and me as a couple and now, now our kids, we love to go to different, uh, you try different cuisines, experiment. For us, travel is uh, a mix of experiences where food plays a very big part. So in, um, I think around 2010, I worked on a cafe concept called Hoover and Holly, where we wanted to start um, a cafe 
which was different from the regular ones uh, that was there. So we did freshly churned ice creams with no preservatives, no color, um, all freshly made ingredients in-house. Uh, right. We did uh, the menu that we cur I curated for it was, um, you know, using freshly baked croissant, uh, avocados, things which were not readily available, available. in Ahmedabad at that point. Uh, they were not there part of a menu. So it, and it, there were thin crust pizzas. We did these really wow. thin, freshly uh, made wood fire pizzas. And it's still there today. Hoover and Holly is, uh, we have about uh, eight of them across India. Three in Pune, uh, we have three in Hyderabad. Uh, we have two in Ahmedabad. So yeah, so today today the concept still um, as, is, is doing very well. And I think we're the only ones who are doing really exotic flavors and freshly churned ice creams and absolutely preservative free. Wonderful, Gayathri. And with that, I get to uh, bust some myths with you or get your perspective um, on a few sure. ideas that are quite uh, prevalent out there. Um, and the first one is intermittent fasting is oh. for everyone. Okay. I yes. mean, I've jumped on the intermittent fasting uh, bandwagon, but I'm going to get your perspective on this. So I find it very interesting uh, with the whole, uh, you know, I'll always have someone come and ask me. So tell me, what is it that you give us? Is it keto? Are you keto? Are you IF? Are you this? And it always amuses me. So here's my my bit on IF. Intermittent fasting is actually been practiced for years, generations by our ancestors. If you go right. back into Indian um you know, ancestral mythology, not only mythology, if you just look at how our uh, ancestors lived, Jainism, uh, where you eat, where we follow the cycle of the sun, intermittent fasting is now um, jazzed up and packaged into called intermittent fasting, but intermittent fasting in its true form is nothing but following the cycle of the sun. We, uh, as humans also, our bodies follow the cycle of the sun. When we right. wake up is when our metabolism is waking up as the sun is rising. That's why they say your morning is the prime time, right? That when mm -hmm. your body's waking up, it's like the sun rising. And at noon, it's at its peak. That's why most of us are super hungry at lunch, that 12, 11 to one time is where our hunger pangs kick in and the right. hunger uh, juices flow because that's when our digestion is at its best. So whatever you eat, your stomach acids are roaring to come and digest it. And because that's our uh, peak time. So, and as the day starts setting, similar thing happens with our metabolism. Our metabolism mm -hmm. starts gradually and slowly slowing down. And by sunset, it's when it said, okay, hey, I'm done for the day. Let's pack up shop. I need to rest, recuperate to, to function efficiently for day two. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's purely what we call the cycle of the sun. It's what you call today the circadian rhythm. You call intermittent fasting. So they're yeah. all different words for the same thing. But now here's the thing with intermittent fasting. Uh, what people are doing today, right? They're, it's Are you doing 16 hours, 14 hours, 12 hours? These are number of hours, right? They say, right. I do 16, exactly. eight. eight. That's the most right. popular, 16, eight, where you fast for 16 hours and you eat, eat, eat for eight hours. So what people are doing, they have kind of messed it up. They've, they've mm -hmm. taken it and said, you know what? This sounds like a great strategy. So first things, IF is not a diet. It is a strategy. Mm -hmm. So what they've mm -hmm. done is they've said, okay, let me take this strategy and let me see how I can play it to my advantage. Right. So what people are doing is that we, they follow the 1618 rule as the rule of thumb. That's it. Right. Forgetting everything else around it. Right. That's the problem. So when you do that, what comes with IF is, 
two, three things. So I could have dinner or drinks at 10 in the night and say now for 16 hours, I'm not going to eat. I'm going to straight away land up eating at four or five in the evening. Right. So, but your day still continues. You have to still wake up and go to work. You have to still get up and put send your kids to school. You have to still get up and go to the gym. And right. you're doing all that on a fatigued and empty stomach. When And mm-hmm. when your gastric juices are roaring and raging to go, you're killing them by not mm. eating. Mm. And as the day is progressing and slowing down, you're giving this monstrous amount of food to your body because you've not eaten in 16 hours. And of course you're hungry. And of course you want to gorge on whatever you see. And so at those odd hours, you land up eating. So that's the first issue. Second is when you keep changing your day, like today I eat at seven in the evening, tomorrow I'm going out, so I'll eat at 10 at 10 p.m. Or there are days you're drinking and having a late night, even later yeah. than that. And the next day your lunch keeps changing because obviously you're going as per the 16 hour rule. Right. So you're going on shifting the time of your meal. Mm-hmm. Now this messes with our body's circadian rhythm. Now our body is, it's almost like a clock. If you've, I mean, we all have seen this and I'm sure you've, you know, you've noticed this. If you wake up every day at say 6 a.m. or 7 a.m., after 20 days, automatically with or without an alarm, your eyes will open at that time yes. because your body clock is set. Similarly, if you're used to eating breakfast every day at 8 a.m. or 1 p.m. or is lunch for you, automatically without you asking for food, you'll suddenly feel a rumble in your stomach, You'll feel, why am I not getting, I need to eat. Headaches will come in. You'll suddenly feel fatigued or low because that's the body telling you, hey, it's my food. It's 1 p.m. I need my lunch. Right. So the body clock is set. That's your body talking to you. What I said, we don't listen to our body. That's the body telling us it's time for my meal. Give me the food. Mm -hmm. But when we do IF, which is erratic timings, that's Mm -hmm. when the body's confused. So it doesn't know when to produce the stomach acids. It doesn't know when to rumble. It doesn't know when to ask for food. So what happens with most people, they're either constantly irritable because the food pattern is erratic. The body's saying, hey, I don't know what's going on. I don't know when I'm going to get my food. I'm angry. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry and I'm irritable. And there's all of those things. The blood sugar spikes are crazy. Right. And uh, the second thing that happens is the stomach acids don't know when to come and produce. So that is a big problem because that is what leads to acidity, indigestion, and then people, most people who do IF, and that's the biggest problem when people have come to me for a diet and said, you know, I'm suffering with acidity and indigestion and burping and all of those. It's because they've followed erratic intermittent fasting. So the body starts, so when you've eaten so much food, the stomach acids are not there to digest it. Right. So the body is just struggling with that excessive amount of food coming in at an odd hour when it's not used to it. And that's the problem with IF. But IF done well, if we stick to our IF, what we've done and learned and know and follow the cycle of the sun is a beautiful concept and it can do wonders to your body. Thank you you for that. My next one is um, sleep is overrated. Okay, so 20s and 30s, we're parting away. And what are you talking about? Quality sleep? What are you talking about? I need enough hours and I need good sleep. And, you know, okay. And even in our 40s, okay, I mean, well, I'm there, um, you know, I I can manage on six hours of sleep. What's the big deal? All right, sleep is overrated. I'm handing that one to you. Sleep is not overrated. Um, Sleep is something which I think sadly today is, uh, you know, 
we always heard you know the older generation say oh i don't get sleep anymore i have these aches and pains you know once people cross their 40s 50s you hear sleep complaints the sad truth for today is with the way lifestyles we're living it's the young uh, teenagers and people in their 20s who are complaining of insomnia who are complaining of erratic sleep uh, for talking with taking melatonin who heard a melatonin a 20 something taking melatonin to sleep we've not right. heard of these things yeah. but it the sad truth is it is the reality of today it is and we don't realize how sleep plays such an important role in balancing everything in our body because sleep and rest is the time when the body resets and rejuvenates Right. our body builds immunity when we are sleeping when we are on lack of sleep it's i mean it's as simple as your phone or any electronic gadgets that we are constantly hooked to if it's not charged it will start draining and weakening the gadget if i don't keep charging my phone device or my laptop and i keep draining it till and you know half way charged i use it and keep draining it the, right. the battery becomes weaker and weaker that's the same with our body when we don't have enough sleep um you're working on low fuel low energy and the body is overcompensating then and you know people will say oh i have hair fall my skin is breaking out i need to eat supplements it's not the supplements that will help it's mm. just sleep wow. it's just sleep and even weight loss body never loses weight if you're on lack of sleep so i tell everybody if you've had a late night don't wake up and hit the gym sleep it off mm. you rather sleep then go burn in the gym because that burn is not going to help because you're right. burning on an on on a fatigued body which is not fully rested so sleep is not i think sleep is something which is now coming to forefront which was never spoken about sleep was always that it's for me sleep is a it that missing piece to that puzzle to your health puzzle that's how important oh. sleep is and yeah. i think another reason why we're talking about it so much today especially with the younger is because of gadgets we are constantly mm. uh, subjecting ourselves to uh, the blue light which mm-hmm. takes away which which um, you know puts off those sensors in our brain that says hey stay awake that's mm-hmm. why the body can't shut down and that's why we have insomnia mm-hmm. so there there is a reason behind it and that's why today we're talking about sleep and there are so many there's sleep therapists today to tell you how to sleep because right. we're just doing things wrongly i think that's yeah. the only way i can say it that's mm-hmm. why we need to go back and simplify and i keep coming back to simple because it's just only if you simplify it will you get the solution the minute we overcomplicate the simple things you've just lost the battle on that on health thank you gaitik my last one coming your way is um yeah. pcos um and yeah. yes there is a, a fair amount of talk on pcos recently um however it's still a concept or, or an, uh, that a lot of us don't really know too much about or not are not right. aware of um and if we do we believe it's a condition we need to live with um so i'm going to ask you to first explain it and then um tell you yes. tell us how so we live with yeah so pcos is not- called polycystic yeah it's mainly polycystic ovarian syndrome right that's pcos um a lot of women um go through pcos and the thing with pcos is and the reason why it's you know it's spoken about so much that because no two women have the same pcos ah so it is not like diabetes or cholesterol mm-hmm. where hey you have high cholesterol hey you have high sugar pcos can exhibit very different symptoms for me 
mm-hmm. versus you versus someone else on another XYZ. So we, we could be five women all having PCOS, but with entirely different symptoms. Okay, and that's why PCOS it is complicated, and I'm not. It needs, uh, it needs to be looked at more as a lifestyle issue rather mm-hmm. than a disease. That's why they don't even call it PCOD anymore. They've taken mm-hmm. away from disease and they call it a syndrome because right, it's right. not a disease, right? Uh-huh. It is a condition and it is something serious. But the thing is that again. The solution to most of people think there's so many myths around PCOS. I mean, I can we can do another one hour talk on PCOS if we have to. Uh, but uh, to, just to put it in a nutshell for you, PCOS uh, needs to be looked at more as a lifestyle thing. No, you don't have to live with it for the rest of your life, but mm-hmm. you manage it. And what happens is when you have a flare, when the body is obviously um, going through the hormone, it's basically a hormonal imbalance, mm-hmm. which causes um, weight gain, hair, acne for young girls and women of any age, actually, not just young right. girls, you could be mm-hmm. um, of any age, there are lots of right. myths around it, you can't get pregnant if you're PCOS, mm-hmm. you can't mm-hmm. do this, but that's not entirely true. Uh, but coming back to it, uh, uh, you have to learn to manage it. And again, mm-hmm. I come back to my first thing, what I started with is knowing your body what is working for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that the minute you understand that this works for me and this doesn't work for me you will have the upper hand on the pcos you will win that battle against mm-hmm, pcos mm-hmm. and i tell every girl that don't wow. fall for my friend is doing this so i need mm-hmm. to do this mm-hmm. my gynec told me just take the pills and i will be sorted mm-hmm. you were taking the pills until the time you're on the pill your skin will be great your periods will be normal uh, your weight might be balanced but then what But if you still don't look at the root cause, which comes from what we're eating, what we are thinking, what we are exercising, uh, what we are drinking, you will never be able to kind of move away from it. Right. So, and the biggest uh, reason why PCOS today is a a big concern is processed food. Mm. That's the biggest cause of PCOS is processed food. Right. Uh, Right. The minute our body is subject to insane amount of processed food, processed drinks, sugar, sugar. Today, there is sugar in everything we're eating and drinking. And it's white sugar. It's in the form of high fructose corn syrup. It is in the form of uh, trans fats. It's all those processed food is what that's made up of in sauces and ready to eat foods in in your junk food, in your cold chain of foods where you see uh, with high preservatives. So I think you have to look at PCOS more as a lifestyle change uh-huh. and understanding your body. The minute you get, understand that, yes, this is working for me, not working for me. You can, you can, you can kick it. You don't have to suffer with it. Let's say that. Thank you, Gayatri. And we're living with the pandemic or um, hopefully the lag end of it. I mean, we keep hoping there's a light. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but every, what, every year it's been that. Exactly. (laughs) We're still running on hope. Um, But what have been some of your key learnings uh, during this time? I'll tell you what I think. um, I think COVID for every one of us has been an eye opener, a leveler, a balancer of sorts, right? In Mm -hmm. every beta, personal, personal, professional, health, everything. Um, I think it is like we spoke about, uh, you know, earlier that it kind of teaches, even with the way countries have dealt with COVID, it, it, it shows you what it brings to the forefront, all the things that are lacking and um, are strong, be it mm-hmm. our health, mm-hmm. 
be it the where we are living, be it our family, be it work, all of those things, right? So right. I think people have gone through immense amount of uh, change, so to say. It's also in a lot of ways been a reset button for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of health, uh, I think one thing that has been uh, the biggest uh, learning, and I think for most, is that health is not valued till sickness doesn't come. Ooh. Nobody spoke about immunity. Nobody spoke about popping vitamins. Nobody spoke about sleep. Nobody spoke about mental health till there was COVID, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So COVID in a certain way has brought health to center stage because it showed that this is the time where our bodies need to be strong to fight this unknown virus, to uh, figure out how it's, it's man. It was almost like man versus the virus. Right, And I've always um, harped on uh, the fact that immunity is not something that is built overnight, but over time. It takes days and weeks and years of eating and drinking the right food and mm-hmm. sleeping the right amount and exercising uh, regularly to build immunity. Suddenly there are kadas and magic portions being sold and vitamin uh, sales have gone off the roof from yes. zinc to vitamin C to these hundred other things which are kind of being sold to build so-called build immunity. Yes, they help, but not if that's all you take. You have to do Mm -hmm. five, 10 other things to build immunity, right? So uh, I think that in in terms of health, I think that has been the biggest uh, learning for most of us. Thank you. And uh, taking us to your Instagram feed, um, I've seen a lot of posts recently on men's health. Um, and right. a few on uh, mental health as well and well-being. So yeah. take us to uh, the focus on men's health. In fact, I think I just saw a post today that you posted. Um, or was it yesterday? Basically in the, yeah. <laughs> in the last 24 hours <laughs> yeah. on uh, men's health. So yes, um, yes, I'm yes. going to take you uh, to focusing on that aspect. So um, as I mentioned, uh, Manisha, that you know, I think COVID for all of us has played its own um, role, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, what happened um, in COVID was, um, so when COVID hit, I had almost taken a sabbatical from Mm -hmm. work, from nutrition, because we were moving cities, we moved from Ahmedabad to Bombay, and we were in the middle of a lot of things going on. And when COVID came, um, you know, I, that was the time I realized that, you know what, Uh, health was in center stage and I wanted to go back to working that that void was there very strong because I'd not done it for a few years in the middle of setting up Uber and Holly and moving cities um, yes. I had stopped my practicing as well at that point so for me it was just to go back and um, you know and study some more read some more write more articles and I took that one year to just understand more on the health because health is a huge umbrella you have you know nutrition for children you have nutrition for pregnancy for women hormones gut Um, and I said I need to find an area which is where there is a problem which is not really being spoken about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think the few things that kind of came jarring was men's health and Mm -hmm. mental health and they're both also interrelated right now I think there was this very interesting um, thing I I read about uh, this gentleman called Bill Richardson and he said Ah. that recognizing and uh, preventing men's health is not just a man's problem but it is an issue that impacts women Uh wives sisters daughters children 
it impacts the entire family right right so when we look at, and also men as um, as a gender don't really seek out that now they there is that awareness coming in now we have mm-hmm. more men talking about mental health about depression mm-hmm. about going out even i mean if you do a random survey of say 10 men and ask when was the last time you did a checkup the answers will be surprising and alarming when did they go to the doctor because a lot of times that we have this mental block till i don't have a problem i don't need to go look for right. help and right. the post that you're referring to which uh, we to- which i spoke about the five signs and symptoms not to ignore right for men because they're small ones i mean they're really yeah. really small ones and um, on an everyday basis you would not put too much thought into it but right. those small things when they keep coming that's your body telling you that hey there's an issue maybe you just need to get it checked out it could be nothing uh-huh. but there's no harm right exactly. and uh, the one thing with um, health is the sooner you catch something the better handle you have on treating it Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. people fear doing health checkups they'll say oh no 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 i don't want to do a health blood test and i don't want to do a health checkup what if something comes out right. i said but you you rather get to know now than then it persists and persists and mm-hmm. kind of becomes bigger mm-hmm. so that's where the whole journey started i'm still honestly it's it's still new to me i'm still right. reading studying and finding um, my my bearing and foothold on that space but right. it is something which i feel needs to be spoken about it needs to be taken forward uh we i mean i'm a feminist we all are you know talking about women and women's right but right. we should not forget the men who are also behind us uh uh-huh. who do uh, you know who are always who who also need their attention who also need to look at their health who also right. need to address issues which are otherwise go under the carpet thank you guys for yes thank you and thank you for highlighting that um i'm giving bringing us back to food i know how essential that is uh to you however i'm going to ask you for a tip um if i came okay. to you and said i know that's a tough one but <laughs> if you'll give me a tip on um something i should do or not do um in terms of food uh being essential i think food is extremely essential um and i think we need to look at food is food and uh-huh. food needs to bring joy right today uh, a lot of us fear food we look at that plate of food we like oh, i love it but i can't eat it mm-hmm. i that should not come in because um our mind and our belly the brain and the belly connection is just too super strong the minute right. your mind has looked at a food and said that oh it's going to make me fat rest right. assured it could be a pudding it could be a cake it could be a salad that uh-huh. is not helping you it's just not going to go do any good the minute we eat food with fear not only do we take the joy away from food we land up uh, it just doesn't we our body will not absorb mm-hmm. the nutrients and vitamins is efficiently the way it should right. today uh, we will eat a healthy meal we'll eat a salad or whatever healthy things people think it is fat free uh-huh. cup free high yeah. protein whatever you think it is but we'll eat it in front of the television or in front of mm-hmm. a gadget mm-hmm. what is the point I rather eat a piece of cake with my mind and heart into it and enjoy it and say don't worry I will burn this and I will I'm okay I'm it's made me happy that that piece of cake will do far more nourishing stuff inside me than a piece of than a bowl of salad or something really insipid which I'm forcing down my throat and watching in front of front of the television because I think it's healthy right so my first um tip is eat food is food with joy with your mind and belly connected um don't eat it 
just because it's meant supposedly healthy. Uh, eat clean uh, is one. Uh, and I think for me is QTQ. I follow the QTQ rule is what uh-huh. I call it. It's called, it's the triangle. It's called quantity, time and quality. If you can balance the quantity of food, the time when you eat it and the quality of what you're eating, you'll not need a dietitian. You'll not need anybody because you are listening to your body. You're doing as per your body's circadian rhythm. You're following the cycle of your body. You're eating clean food. Um, you're drinking, you're hydrating well. You will not need a doctor or a dietitian. Gayate, thank you so much for that. I am going to enjoy <laughs> my yes. next muffin or croissant, but not in but, front of the TV. Yes, but exercise, right? And I think you also forget <laughs> yeah. exercise. Please mm-hmm. be active. And exercise is not, again, just hit, burning it in the gym and like lifting those weights, right? It's about right. doing being active, overall right. being active doing uh-huh. activities in everyday life and picking a hobby or an activity which you enjoy. It could be dancing, it could mm-hmm. be skating, it could be tennis, it could be any sport that you want to play. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily have to be in the gym or running or whatever. Do what makes right. you happy. At the end of right. the day, you have to do what makes you happy. Wonderful. So, yeah. And um, bringing us to routine, is routine important? And what's your routine like? So routine is important when it comes to, as I said, to set your body's circadian rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, mm-hmm. if you eat mm-hmm. erratically, you, you're, you're throwing the body off. So you're, so two things, sleep and food. Those are the two things you need to have. And I don't mean that you have to be like, follow like a Hitler's law, that this is it. Like you don't have to be regimental. That There could be a few odd days, but <clears throat> being mindful is what's important, right? That, okay, mm-hmm. today I've had a late night. I've slept really late um, mm-hmm. and I've still had to wake up. I'll try and get a, try and get a snooze in the day. Um, mm-hmm. You know, try and balance the food because always remember the day and you, you'll notice this. The day you've had a late night, you've had one too many glasses of wine. The next day you've woken up a bit hungover or tired or groggy. Your body will ask for carbs. It'll ask for mm-hmm. high fat food because that's the body saying that, hey, I'm too tired to do anything. And that's the, the hormones that start asking the gut bacteria that says, listen, I need to eat that food. Right. So uh, that's why routine helps. If you manage to um, have your sleep on time, making sure at least you get good quality, six hours. It doesn't have to be 10 hours, eight hours. Everybody, again, needs different amount of sleep. Some people function on uh, good. If, if it's good quality sleep, even five, six hours is good for them. Right. Right. Uh, uh-huh. It's also quality. It's not just the amount quality. of sleep. You could be in bed for 10 hours, but uh, if you've not had good quality sleep and you've tossed and turned and it's not been a happy uh, night, then you, your body's still not rested and re- re- recovered enough. So it's the quality of sleep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And Gayatri, before I say goodbye to you, what's next on the cards for you or what should we be looking out or what do you want manifesting in your life in 2022? <laughs> so I think uh, for me, it's, it's been a beautiful roller coaster. I would say it's been, it's had its ups, it's had its downs um, in terms of work for me. I've realized that this is my passion for me. Um, I can, as I said, you can, you can see me, I'm talking and I can go on talking for hours. <laughs> we could have this interview taken for another hour and I could go on because I, feel very passionate about it and I think for me right now is I want to talk about issues which are not spoken about and I want to bring this simple funda of health to as many people as possible I want to take it to more people 
uh, be it men's health, be it talking about the simple living. Simple, and when I say simple living, it doesn't mean wearing uh, a sari or a little simple clothes and sitting in meditation, right? That's what most people think simple living is eating only uh, insipid food and not having a good time. I, I, I like to dress well. I like to have a good time. I like to do all the good things. But that doesn't right. mean that's not simple living. Simple living is just keeping things simplified and knowing right. your body better. That's oh, beautiful. For me, that is just keeping it simple and not falling for the fads and a hundred other diets which are circulating all around. But I think <laughs> that you would see more on men's health. You would uh -huh. see uh, a lot more chat on that. We want to talk about issues which um, are usually put under the carpet. We want to talk, uh, try to get to more men and understand what the problem is and find the true uh, solution to certain things and mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping that this year is more about that oh brilliant Gayatri thank you so very much it's been such a wonderful pleasure speaking no. to you today thank you for having me and you're a lovely person and I, I I mean <laughs> the way we met the way we came across it was the stars were aligned I guess I and totally agree I loved so our fun. chance meeting I really did yes. me too and I'm happy we got to do this together me too Stay blessed. Thank you so much, Manisha. Thank you. Have a lovely day ahead. You too, Gayatri. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.